Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I took a short break last week, but I'm back with my top highlights, and this week is all about the money, so let's get started. February is behind us, which means it's time to check in on my favorite social network's mobile revenue. This is not a trick like last time. I've been watching Twitter's mobile revenue ever since it started offering in-app purchases and love seeing it rise. If you've been following This Week in Apps, you know that I've been doing this every month. Now, February made me extra happy because Twitter hit a new milestone, but I skipped January's report last month, so let's start there. According to our estimates, Twitter's monthly net revenue from the App Store dropped in January to $1.6 million. That's a 3% drop from December's total of $1.75 million. And that's net meaning what Twitter gets to keep after Apple's fees. Now, I'm not too surprised by this drop. There's so much controversy around Twitter and blue check marks have become somewhat of a political statement at this point. It's terrible if you ask me, but that's just how it is. But to put that in context, comparing Twitter's revenue before Blue for All and after, it's obvious. It was a great move, a good move, an amazing move. Another thing to keep in mind is that Blue is expanding internationally and opened up in Japan in January, which I talked about last time. It was a fairly small first month, so it couldn't really help this total, but who knows? It could grow. But then things changed in February. Our estimates show Twitter's App Store net revenue rising above $2 million for the first time ever. A quieter month in terms of controversy and the promise of monetizing tweets led to more Blue subscriptions. Can't monetize tweets yet, but hopefully it's coming soon. Blue's expansion to more countries in February, including Brazil, India, and Indonesia, didn't hurt either. It also actually didn't help that much. The three combined earned just under $100,000 of net revenue from the App Store in February. Combined. I expect more growth in March because less controversy equals more revenue, and so far things have been kind of quiet. Me, personally, I still miss TweetBot and still tap its icon, which I refuse to delete or move away from my home screen. I do that at least twice a day, and I'm going to continue doing that probably. I don't really know how to stop. Give the episode a like if you miss TweetBot too. Another fairly recent subscription I've been keeping an eye on is Snapchat Plus, which I called a paid beta when it first launched last July. The launch surprised me. With nearly $6 million in net revenue from the App Store on launch, I was surprised by how much people are willing to spend to beta test an app. But retention wasn't amazing in month two, which aligns with what I thought. People were curious and the subscription cost wasn't high enough to prevent them from trying it out. So it dropped. But growth since has been pretty healthy that it's safe to say it's working. Let's look at the numbers. Snapchat's month two of revenue, which I take as a better starting point to measure growth because it doesn't include the hype. That month was August and it totaled $4.4 million from the App Store according to our revenue estimates. And that's net, again, meaning what Snap gets to keep after Apple takes its share. And I will continue saying that for the rest of the video. Now, revenue has been on the rise since August. Snapchat Plus earned $5.6 million of net revenue from the App Store by the end of 2022, a 27% increase from August. Since December, net revenue rose another 21%, ending February with $6.8 million, according to our estimates. I completely expect revenue to continue at this rate for much of 2023, making Snapchat Plus a decent revenue stream for Snap. It definitely won't compete with its ad revenue, which rose to $4.6 billion in 2022, a whole different order of magnitude, but still has a lot of room for growth, in my opinion, 
especially if it can become more useful. Snapshot Plus and Twitter Blue are very similar in that they go after a user base that isn't used to paying. They also don't offer too much that's exciting in my opinion, but they're growing at a healthy pace. The only missing ingredient here is better features and that growth can easily go 10x overnight. They definitely have the user base. Switching gears a bit, did you think the streaming race is over, that HBO Max and Disney Plus won while the others flail? You would think that if you haven't been paying attention for a while because that's what it looked like last year. That's also what I said last year, but that's not the case anymore. Yes, HBO Max and Disney Plus continue to lead the race, but Peacock and Paramount Plus are making a serious run for it. The pair grew their subscription revenue from the App Store by nearly double in the last 12 months, and the trend is very positive. According to our estimates, Peacock and Paramount Plus started 2022 with $6 million and $7 million of net revenue in January, respectively. HBO Max and Disney Plus started 2022 with about 10 times that each. So not even close, but exclusive shows and movies combined with sports helped revenue for both Peacock and Paramount Plus grow in 2022. And when I say grow, I mean grow. In February, Peacock's App Store net revenue, meaning what NBC gets to keep after paying Apple its fees, I did say I would repeat that, grew to $18 million, a 2x increase in a little over a year. Paramount's App Store net revenue rose to $17 million in February, an increase of 143% from January of 2022. While still far, these get much closer to the bigs, who also grew, but not by that much. HBO Max's MR grew to $56 million, and Disney Plus to $66 million in February, according to our estimates. Peacock and Paramount have both been hard at work on exclusives, which is how they both grew so much. It reminds me a lot of how HBO Max and Disney Plus were back in 2021, not that long ago. I haven't seen that much new from either in 2022 or in 2023, so I expect Peacock and Paramount Plus to continue to catch up this year. I've been following the rise of CapCut, TikTok's video editing app, for quite a while now. See, CapCut launched as a free app back in 2021 and quickly became a threat to an industry that was generating millions. A few months ago, CapCut introduced a new pro subscription that had some more editing features plus the ability to store more creations on its cloud. It's probably the features people like more, but both work. In February, CapCut's revenue crossed a big milestone just five months into its paid subscription. Let's have a look at the numbers. In February, CapCut's net MRR from the App Store rose above $1 million for the first time ever, growing 25% month over month. Looking at the competition, CapCut isn't in the lead yet. Splice, the leader, generated over $4 million of net revenue from the App Store in February. But the range between the two isn't as wide as it seems. GoPro Quick, Video Leap, and Prequel, three popular video editors that rank below Splice and above CapCut, made under $2 million of net revenue in February, according to our app intelligence. Given CapCut's downloads far outpace all of those competitors, it's only a matter of time until it'll outpace their revenue. And once it does, I'm pretty sure there's no going back. Unless TikTok gets banned in the US and then everything will change. But that's a big if. Even though there's mounting political pressure for banning TikTok, and even though it's already banned on government devices, I think it's too big and too strong to get banned full stop. Do you think it'll get banned in the US? Leave a comment below and let me know. I'm really, really curious. I just personally don't see it. And while we're talking about China-ish, this last insight isn't directly about money, 
but rather shopping, so kind of related. Timu, the shopping app that promises very low prices on lots of different types of goods, has been on the App Store since September of last year and, more specifically, at the top of the charts. But unlike many other apps that came and went, Timu didn't. At all. For the last six months, Timu has been the number one most downloaded app in the US App Store. It was dethroned a few times for short periods, a matter of hours, but overall, it's been the top result almost every day since launch. It's incredible. How many downloads is that? Well, let's take a look. As of Wednesday, we estimate that Timu's App Store downloads crossed 20 million. 20 million iOS devices have the Timu shopping app. That's a lot of downloads for a fairly brand new app here in the US at least that competes with big names such as Amazon and even Chinese Xi'an. Timu's downloads outpaced both combined. But here's the thing. Is there really that much demand for another shopping app? Maybe? But unlikely, like most other shopping apps, I believe these downloads are the result of several massive ad campaigns. And the data confirms it. It's not just my thoughts. According to our Apple search ad intelligence, Timu's campaigns spend more than 3,000 keywords. That's quite a few. And that's just on Apple's ad network. Obviously, Timu really wants to be on as many phones as possible at all costs and has the funding to do it. Not something most apps have, making it somewhat of an unfair competitor. And by my crude calculations, Timu is spending between a quarter to a half million dollars on Apple search ads every day, or at least $10 million per month. This trend will have to end at some point. I just don't know where it is. But it reminds me a lot of how another app went mainstream thanks to millions of dollars spent every day on ads. Can you guess the app? It's TikTok, yes. But what Timu gets by paying, you can kind of get for free. I inspected some of the keywords Timu pays for and noticed two interesting trends for those of you who make apps and optimize apps. You might be interested in this. The first one is that many of the keywords are really generic and unlikely to drive any downloads. See, keywords like geek, wishlist, ulta, which I imagine is just a mispronunciation of ultra, and even urban decay, that's a real keyword that Timu is spending money on. Those are all irrelevant. They're money burners and they're probably the result of a broad match campaign, which is something you should never do unless you have money to burn and you don't care. <laughs> always, always avoid it. And the second thing is Timu doesn't rank well organically for the more important keywords, leaving the door open for competitors who are willing to take the time to optimize their apps. It definitely won't be easy, but it also won't cost millions. Timu is an extreme example of a big spender in a market that doesn't include too many small apps, but that shouldn't discourage anyone from competing with the big spenders. The key is to do what they don't. And that's all I have for you this week. If you've learned something new, please give the episode a like. And if you haven't already, subscribe for weekly episodes and live streams about the business side of mobile apps, like my upcoming live stream about Apple search ads. I'll see you next week.